Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date, uh, mailbag edition. Oof. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. I was going to call it some kind of Billy Joel edition, but I it's it's regular mailbag. It's regular mailbag, and there's plenty of mail this week, um, so we know we'll do that. Um, Matt, it is it is cool enough today that I don't even have a, to have a fan running. It's like. I mean, part of that is I'm acclimated to summer heat, so even though it's about 80 degrees in here, that's pretty normal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's like the high today is supposed to be like 75, and uh, we got more 70s next week, and it's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. It's been cool here, but that's mid-80s. Mid-80s is like as cool as it'll ever get here. Yeah, so, you know... Um, Climate change is a myth. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, before uh, we get started, let's all say hi to each other, like a pharaoh, like a mum, like a mummy pharaoh would. Are you ready? Okay. Hey. That's it. I said hi. You didn't say anything. I didn't know what I was supposed <laughs> to say. Is the real problem there? Somebody did some dumb, some stupid, dumb thing where they like modeled a mummy's vocal cords oh. and then went, This is what it would oh, sound like. And one the noise... of these uh, Discovery Channel rampant speculation mm-hmm. things where they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the noise that came out was just, Hey. <laughs> it's like, Well, that's terrible. Like if you just blew air through the mummy's <laughs> mouth in the position it was mummified in. It's like you don't need to, you shouldn't broadcast this you should say you were able to make it make a noise you don't need to hear the noise it's not important i don't think anyone has a credible theory that says that uh mummies or anybody living only you know three to five thousand years ago had enough of a different anatomy that they could or couldn't make certain sounds Mm -hmm. that we can make it is uh, a baffling project for sure do you think they got a big grant and now they know that walruses are (laughs) right-handed They got a big old uh, grant, but in order to justify it, they had to really fucking hammer those results, which included sending that video everywhere of the computer, cl- clicking play on the computer and having it go, hey. Yeah, yeah. that sucks. Yep. <clears throat> oh, boy. Let's uh, let's do some mailbag. Okay. Mailbag by Brother Date. It's been a, a little bit of time since our last mailbag, so... It's been a we're, long time. We're going all the way back to July 5th when Ryan wrote in to ask, at Brother Date, wait, why do we hate Cardinals? Oh, because they fucking wake me up all the time. The birds in Tennessee are dumb like the people, and they sing at <laughs> stupid hours. They sing in the middle of the night when it's pitch black, and they, there's not going to be any sex. They need to just calm down. Like, there ain't going to be any ladybirds to have sex with. All you're doing you, is becoming owl food, so shut up. 
But like, seriously, you, two in the morning, I'll just wake up and just fucking cardinals just doing car alarm noises outside, just waiting for the owls. <laughs> um, you live right near the uh, the border, the time zone border, right? So, yes. are, are sunrise and sunset wrong in one direction or the other for you? <laughs> it can't be that wrong. Sometimes I'll go in there to go to bed. It's like eleven thirty at night. The birds are singing, and I'm like, I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand what you're supposed to be doing right now, guys. Sometimes I'll just well, sing all night. Theory. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it was an hour difference. Yeah, that's why you hate cardinals. Uh, also, on the fifth, Ryan writes, "Yes." <laughs> well, Jesus, you know, if we were not six weeks out from that, there's a possibility we could figure it out. Yeah, but I hey, have maybe. no idea. Um, boy, e- even this next thing seems so old. On the seventh, you tweeted at Brother Date, also at Marjon. About the Deshaun Jackson story? Yeah. I um, um, I had to refresh it for myself today, too. Okay. So he tweeted... So it turns out that he uh, is one of the... Uh, maybe one of the followers of the super crazy black Israelite movement. Yeah, let's back it up even one step further. For everyone listening, Deshaun Jackson is a National Football League wide receiver. Right. Who... His previous most famous moment was dropping the ball on the goal line for the first time anyone had ever seen somebody do that. Just dropping it <laughs> as a premature celebration. Many years ago now. But yes, uh, he is, yes, he is uh, I guess, a follower of this black Israelite movement, which is a wild trip if you go on the internet and try to learn about it. Yeah. Anyway, he quoted something that purportedly, and which he believed, was a quote from Adolf Hitler. <laughs> but just couldn't have been because it was the wildest thing ever. Which just was a fake conversation between him and somebody else. Right, yes. The, the quote was part of an imagined dialogue between somebody and Hitler, yep. uh, who did not have good intentions. Anyway, <laughs> he quoted something that was... Let's just say about as anti-Semitic as you can get. Yeah. Yes. But also lines up with this um, weird ideology uh, of people who think that the uh, modern day white Jews are not the actual descendants of the Israelites. It is instead uh, it black people from Africa who are those descendants. Mm-hmm. Uh Anyway, he, uh, he quoted that nonsense, and then you quoted what's basically a big thread unroll about how it's not even a Hitler quote. Yeah. Even if it, even, that doesn't matter because he sure thought it was. Yes. So. Look, it was, would have been a lot more fun if we'd, I, I, sh- I shouldn't have done it. This would have been a lot more fun if we'd had a pod that week that we could talk about it on. Now yeah. this is far in the background. But basically his quote was that uh, Jews will blackmail America, they'll extort America, their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they were. So. <laughs> right. Everyone went, oh no. Yeah, and, um, well, not everyone. I mean. It's true, not uh, everyone. Weirdly, One or not two everyone. people also rushed in to share their anti-Semitic thoughts. Yes, yes, of course. Sorry, not everyone. If only. And it's, um. There is, it's very depressing when uh, a historically or even currently repressed or maltreated minority group has a real blind spot Yeah. for issues involving other uh, protected groups of people. And 
it was a bad week for that kind of stuff going on on Twitter it, way back. On I the promise summer. it was a big story at the time. It, it was. It's just that there have been 200 yeah. big stories in the last month. So, so all you can do is give a 2020 mummy shout. Yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Also on the seventh, Ryan wrote in at Brother Date. I agree with the blind match correction. That's going to come up. Uh, he was listening, obviously, to our first round of Billy Joel comments when uh, when he sent these next tweets. Uh, when he tweeted, yes. Didn't he win? He won, right? I don't consider that a win. Okay, that's, that's too not... little information to be okay, a win. Okay, right. I, I, behind the scenes, Matt has sent me something to play when Ryan wins with a baffling tweet. But uh, just the word yes is never going to be enough. Okay, all right. Uh, on the 7th, he tweeted, uh, so regarding that Billy Joel round, he tweeted, oh man, I definitely had innocent man over big shot, underestimated the sacks. <laughs> There's some yeah, real, you can't sleep on that sacks. There's a real nasty sacks in some of those songs. Uh, and the nastier, the better as far as saxophone breaks go mm-hmm. uh, for me. It should sound real farty. Yeah. Like, uh, like you're jumping into the middle of a Supreme song or something. <clears throat> Yeah, the saxophone part in a song should sound like it has a venereal disease that has since changed names, and so you have to like you'd have to look in a glossary to figure out which particular one it has. It says they're calling this a Willow's Tips. I don't know what does that mean. I'm gonna have I mean, to look that up and see what that from was. the name. I hope I never get it, but <laughs> right. I don't know which one it is. Uh, he also says, I sort of assume after the flags and Billy Joel, surely another of your many listeners will submit some other fun bracket for you fellas. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, we are setting dangerous precedent, and we're going to do that more today. It's kind of hard to believe that it could get more dangerous than the Billy Joel bracket. This is the rock bottom, right? Like, what's worse than a 64-song Billy Joel bracket? I asked. I have a very hard time thinking of something off the cuff. (laughs) I'm sure if we, you know, if we made it homework, we could come up with something. But but boy, boy, nothing is jumping out at me. Okay, on the 7th, he also tweeted, Captain Jack is terrible. Now, this is his bracket. It's his bracket, and he chose the songs. He chose the songs. He also... Uh, sent a, a bunch of tweets about how he had a hard time limiting it to 64. Yeah. Which, again, we've covered is more than half of all Billy Joel songs. So what gives, Ryan? You could have... You couldn't you have done it. 32, huh? <laughs> Maybe there were 48 that you really liked, or I don't know. Yeah, then he didn't do any cutting, did he? Didn't do the hard work. Just And then... Well, he did less curating than I would have liked, certainly. Yeah. Uh, regarding, but it is it is weird to be critical of that because you did give me a 128 song K-pop bracket. I felt good about I'm it, though. Starting to close in on down to the final eight now. I look. I have enough material to give you another 128 song K-pop bracket whenever uh, you're ready. I fully believe it because you <laughs> gave me that bracket pretty quick after you started deep diving through yeah, right. crazy Korean catalogs to figure out who was producing songs. So. Yes, yeah, so once I went into producer mode, that was that opened up my collection a lot. So, uh, I think the final, maybe the final note on that first bracket round was that he said uh, BJ did not feel himself a worthy pianist for recording classical. <clears throat> Um, he did feel like he'd 
was a worthy composer, though. Yep. And I presume he composed at the piano. And frankly, nothing I was listening to in there sounded like Billy Joel couldn't have played it. But I only listened to the one piece that he sent. I didn't listen to <clears throat> the whole Fantasies and Delusions record. That is correct. Yeah. And neither did I, because it wasn't on my side of the bracket. I'm not borrowing trouble. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I also don't remember if I advanced that song or not. So, Oh, I think you did, because it was up against something real bad. It was up against Roberta. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, then he sent a video. Oh. He tweeted a video. Um, and I can tell that it's someone walking through a field playing some bagpipes. And he says, I keep expecting to hear Call Me Maybe. So I'll, I may turn the sound on. Oh, hell, it kind of sounded like it right there in the beginning. Nah, it's just that one bagpipe song. Yeah, how come they don't have more songs? I don't know which one that is. I'm sure Bari does. How come it's not Amazing Grace from Star Trek <coughs> 2? That's a good question. <clears throat> it wasn't, but uh, that's okay. On the ninth, Ryan wrote, Oh, goody, mud and time play. So... Maybe he, I know he was watching Discovery during this. Yeah, he's giving us some uh, real time updates as he goes through them. Yeah, it's not a great show. It's not amazing. Flag Fallout continues. Uh, Shannon tweeted on the 10th at Brother Date. Just wondering your thoughts on the St. Lucia flag. I think it would have been a contender for my top four if it had been included in the bracket. Uh, this is a light blue field <laughs> with uh, three. Now you're I trained. Know, I guess trained to discuss this. Uh, what looks like. I guess an isosceles yellow triangle with a thinner isosceles black triangle above it, and that black triangle has a white border. You responded already to this, saying, uh, looks like your fighter jet's indicator on the radar in Ace Combat games, which means I'm way into it. It's also vaguely Star Trek-y. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be a Star Trek adjacent, kind of like the Space Force flag or whatever. Um, uh, yeah. I don't think this would have gotten to the final four for me. Uh, me neither. Um, but we'll never know because, again, whoever chose the flags said only rich countries, no poor countries allowed. Yeah. On the 14th, you also tweeted, remind me to talk about an Orlando Apollos update. Oh, yeah. On this mailbag. All right. So I had slowed down on listening to the old brother dates for a while, but I recently got back into them. And why? <laughs> it's a very good question. You know there are other oh, podcasts, right? Why, why is... Actually, it's not a hard question at all. Um, nothing makes me laugh like I do. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm a real <laughs> jerk. I'm a piece of crap. <laughs> and I find myself laughing all the time at what you and I are saying. And then I turn on other podcasts, which I guess are supposed to be funny, and they don't really do it for me. Well, they like don't know all of our jokes. No, that's they right. almost never talk about Romance of the Three Kingdoms or college sports yeah, interviews. I'm not going to lie; I don't think I've ever heard a Romance of the Three Kingdoms joke on any podcast that isn't ours. Um, well, nothing's jumping out at me either. So I was listening to an old one, and it was right when God. There've been so many terrible football leagues that have cropped up. Um, it was right when the Alliance of American Football was about to get started. Actually, probably okay. five or six months before it started. But I think the logos had come out, and that's what we were talking about. And um, we mentioned on the show that, well, you suggested that just like you wear the hat of the winner of the World Baseball Classic every time, mm -hmm. I should have to commit to wearing the winner of the AAF. 
Yes. And then we both immediately agreed that there was no chance it was going to make an entire season. So we amended the rule to whoever's in first place when it folds. (laughs) Sure enough, the AAF did not last a whole season and folded like eight weeks in or something like that. And Orlando was the team atop the standings. So when I heard that, I tried to find merchandise. Bro, it is hard. (laughs) <laughs> Did you have to buy it on eBay I or something? I bought it on eBay, and there were like <laughs> three choices available, and two of them looked real busted. Um, so I bought the least busted hat. But like, I tried, the AAF site is still up, and I like went in and created an account and got all the way to the cart, and then it just would not do anything, because no one is managing that thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I own an Orlando There must be hat. a warehouse full of those old hats somewhere. They didn't just donate them to some country that oh, didn't Oh, they want could them. be... Yeah, probably you'll see some starving kids somewhere in some war-torn part of Africa <laughs> Where with a bunch of bunch Memphis of Express Orlando shirt Apollo's or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Such garbage. But we were a hundred percent right. We like there was no chance that thing was going to make an entire season. So yeah, well, I got, got I got an Orlando hat. I've worn it a few times. You've got that hat. I think we've seen it at game night, but. Yes. Um, We'll have to figure out a, a way for a new success. Maybe if The Rock actually stands up the XFL and manages mm-hmm. to get a, another season, we can. Uh, that'll be your next hat. Yeah, because the real... Because I figure that'll take a couple of years at least. The XFL return that happened this year obviously got wiped out by COVID, and it was so early, it was probably like a 10-way tie for first place. So, yeah. Um, yeah also, we, you just got this hat. You don't need to replace it yet. Yeah, this hat's good to go for a while. But... Um, yeah, when I heard that, I was like, oh, man, I told I had no memory of that. Like that. Uh, <laughs> Not me either. I pledged. I was like, no, I'm definitely going to do it. And then just probably forgot about it that night. Having just seen the hat and not even having looked closely at it, I just kind of assumed that it was some minor league baseball team I didn't know about. It looks like it's kind of uh, an by the way, it's style a, hat. It's a busted name for a team because uh, I don't know where the Apollo missions launched from, but it wasn't Orlando, <laughs> no, which is in the middle of the state. And then they they model the logo after Apollo, the the god. Oh, fun! But like Apollos, yeah. Like all the what? Like no, there were a bunch of them. all the bunch the bunch of Apollos that you read about all the time. Oh, there's one of those always one of these Apollos showing up to do something. <laughs> so maybe yeah, maybe that's their generic term for gods. Yeah, one of them Apollos. Uh, yeah, not great. But anyway, so I got the hat. I am technically I am in compliance. It just took a little while. Well, that's good because I'm out of compliance because I offhandedly mentioned to Katie that I was getting sick of wearing my Team USA baseball hat around because mm-hmm. it's bright red. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and I know what I look like. Wait, didn't you buy I know another one? People... Well, so I did, but okay. uh, it sucked. So what I could not buy was another 3930 uh, Velcro back hat. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that most of the other New Era hats don't fit my head. Oh, boy. Yeah. So What about the flex fit ones on, like, the uh, big size? Uh, no. They're still too small. Wow, your yeah. dome is massive. I got a real big dome. I wear a 7 and 7 eighths, um, but it's, even that's a little borderline. Like, uh, my hair is almost long enough now, thanks to COVID, that I can switch to that size 8 double dare hat again. <laughs> so great uh, that's such a great so the, hat. the real problem is there hasn't been a world baseball classic in um a while three years is the next so, one next year then the next one is theoretically, theoretically. next year yeah yeah um so in between those seasons they don't really have the full range of products so i couldn't just buy another 
uh, well-fitting Team USA hat in, say, blue, which they did they did make, but were already sold out when I went. Like, red was not even the color I wanted for that hat. Yeah, I guess you needed to have done it, like, yeah, you, the first I, I time need to buy. I need to buy the team hats of both the winner and the runner-up, and then, I don't know, ceremonially pulp the runner-up? <laughs> well, it's just, I guess you should have known in 2017 not to buy the red one. I guess that's all. I mean, that is true. But it's, you know, maybe it hadn't really fully set in how it had ruined red hats. Yeah, so anyway, I'm I'm out of compliance and I just wear that Kelly Green A's hat now. That's a good hat too, though. Sounds like you got some good hats. I have a few good hats. All right. Well, that's good. Hey, 2020 is not a total loss. (laughs) You got a couple (laughs) of good hats. Next time somebody tells you about how bad it is, go, well, I don't know. Picked up a couple of good hats. I I got a couple of good hats in rotation. Did you know if you went to New Era's website, you could buy a Double Dare hat? (laughs) I don't think anyone's ever been to New Era's website. This guy has. Yeah. Uh, On the 17th, Ryan wrote, so after you review all the Star Trek movies, which I don't want to do. Yeah, boy, that's that seems like a lot. Uh, I, having doing this Star Wars project, watching one movie is feels almost like as much work as doing a whole week of the Star Trek shows. Somehow. It really, really does. Last time I definitely split it into two sessions because it was just it was killing my brain to do it. I mean, like it's not. It does. It definitely doesn't take as long to watch. But maybe you have to. You just have to write a lot more. I don't know. I think you do because there's so much exposition and world building and shit that gets crammed into one of these movies because I got to tell this even though it's a Star Wars series this self-contained story or whatever whereas these episodes feel like they can just kind of give you a small story every once in a while yeah I mean we immediately hit on the idea that we only each had to summarize half the movie and I also immediately stopped writing up the other half of the movie (laughs) in the summary section so there's it's too much yeah Oh boy! Oh, what was he saying? So after uh, we anyway, do the after movies, we do what? that, yeah. maybe you can do a side by side of Picard, Discovery, and Lower Decks. I think this was just the day Lower Decks was announced, the new animated Star Trek show. Yeah, the one that's trying to be one of them joke shows, haha shows. Yeah, I have uh, I have no idea how that will work. It feels like it'll probably invalidate a lot of things in the universe. That would be my guess, for comedy reasons. Yeah, I'd probably have to end up considering it non-canon. Anyway, if we were going to do those three, we'd throw the animated series in, too. Okay. Um, is there a fifth we'll never other that. Trek thing? There will be by the time we're done with our current one. Oh, yeah, there will, because there's going to be one about Pike. Yeah. You had a shower thought on the 20th, I guess, because you wrote, At Brother Date, Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants, is Stevie Wonder's Finnegan's Wake. That's actually also from an old podcast, but never got tweeted. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you just tweeted something you were listening to? Yep, that was I was listening to an old Brother Date and thought, oh, we were supposed to tweet that, and we didn't. <clears throat> oh, it was like a secret code we were supposed to tweet? We were supposed to tweet. Well, I, it was something that was said in the podcast, and you said I needed to go tweet it, and then I never did. I made sure to search. I never tweeted it. So I'm just trying to make it right. You know, I'm using the Janeway approach, and I'm trying to set things right as I go through these podcasts. Uh, you retweeted something on the 20th from an account. Uh, maybe there's a human being named Cat Moon. God, it could be. Uh, but what you retweeted was, so VU's new contract, uh, 
well, it does say contract tracing committee, but it should say contact, contact tracing. Yeah. VU's new contact tracing committee on campus is called Public Health Unified Command Center. <laughs> the acronym for which, of course, is PHUCC. How did which, they not see that? Well, they <laughs> uh, they obviously never watched Red Dwarf, so they're not constantly on the lookout for things clitoris. for which the abbreviation might be clitoris. Right. Yeah, fuck. It's a real thing. Way to go, Vandy. You you did it again. Do Red people Dwarf. commonly refer to Vandy as VU? Uh, boy, I guess only if they're trying to get even shorter than Vandy. Yeah. It's like, if I'm typing... I mean, it, it's the I, same number of syllables, but it does... It takes three less letters to type, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, Vandy's pretty short already. Uh, the 23rd is when the Seattle Kraken was announced mm. with their um, branding efforts that everyone really likes. They really like this anchor that's also the Space Needle. Everyone's a fan of that. Yeah, I was going to try to get your take on that. On the whole... The whole setup. The name... The colors, all that business. Uh, the name is dumb. It's so minor league, it's crazy. It's a very minor league name. Um, I don't know, like, you notice how there aren't really major league teams called the Dragons? Or no, the uni- well, Unicorns? The XFL had the Seattle Dragons. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I meant real major league teams. <laughs> yes, well, everyone in Seattle went, what? Right. Seattle Dragons? Okay. So... The Kraken is dumb. Um, also, is there nothing else that starts with C? Like, are there Sea Eagles? <laughs> right. Sea like, Otters? Yeah, something. It could have been um, the Sea Otters or the uh, uh, Sea Sponges. The anchor that's a space needle is neat, and maybe it would be recognizable in Seattle, but, like, I think if no one had told me that that was what was happening there... Oh, yeah. It also just kind of looks like an anchor. Yep. Like, they already have a cross piece. Like, there's a reason that it was so easy to do that. Yeah. That's true. And I don't think about the space needle or, like, see it in the... Uh, on the horizon, so... Whatever. What about um, the, what looks the like... The name is dumb. The fact that the name is singular is pretty dumb. Um, what about what looks like... Three shades of blue. Oh, yeah. And yeah, a yeah. red. Too, and red. It's too much blue. There's So the S also, I guess, is supposed to look like part of the Kraken because it's got a little red eye in it. It looks like the Seagram's logo. It, it looks very much <laughs> like the Seagram's logo. <laughs> but like angrier. Yeah. If it had attitude. Right. No one's buying gin. <laughs> I'm really fucking pissed <laughs> off about this. Um, so a lot of people really like it. Not a winner for me, mm-hmm. I have to say. I wasn't into it. Also, if you're going to do 90s colors, can we get an actual teal and maybe a purple in there somewhere? Uh, just go straight Mighty Ducks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're clearly trying to as unify as much as they can with the other Seattle teams. Like, the Mariners have a couple of these shades. The Seahawks do use that color of of navy or whatever, dark blue, whatever that is. Again, I always pitch this, but um, why couldn't they be the Seattle Hockey Mariners? Why not? I don't understand. In the olden days, you could have lots of teams with the same names. Yeah. But now no one no one. Uh, which that. Giants are you talking about? The Baseball Giants or the Football Giants? Are you talking about the Black American Giants or the Black Giants? Yeah. Even the Negro Leagues did it. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Yep. <clears throat> 29th, Ryan writes, uh, how well does that age... Qui-Gon not caring about slavery itself. 
uh, it doesn't come off great the number of times he has to tell people, I'm not here to free any slaves. He's he's only even a little bit, like, he only, he only tries to break it as bad news, kind of. He's yeah. very matter-of-fact about it. He's like, I'm just I, not into it. I mean, he is, uh, he did not mean to come to this planet, really. No, they need parts. Uh, he is trying to prevent some kind of war. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, shouldn't he say, uh, I listen, I will bring it up with the council, because it, even though this isn't really a Republic planet, it does, that does eat shit. It eats <laughs> shit. It's like, I knew this was happening out here, because, like... This is one of the worst planets I've ever been to, and yeah. I, I would love to do something about it, but no, he doesn't. It's just, listen, I'm not... I'm not here to, uh... No, look, if he I'm hadn't... Here to free the slaves. ...found a midichlorian monster on the planet, he wouldn't have freed any of them. No, well, he would, uh... Probably think he would have gotten a part-time job, because he'd still need to get that... <laughs> That's true. The pod race wouldn't have gone so good. Still need to get that thing, and he can't trick Watto. Right. I mean, I guess By maybe way, at some point he would have figured out that Wada was into gambling, and then maybe he there just would have been like a... Uh, oh, just a card game uh, for the parts? The Royale. Uh, uh, casino Royale? Or the no, Royale? No, the Royale thing where he just uh, continually the fixed dice. the dice. Yes, that's true. He did do that in the movie. Uh, by the way, I meant to bring it up in the Star Wars pod, but did not. They never visit another junk dealer, do they? No, no. Watto assures them that even though he has lots of Nubian, nobody else around here is is going to have a hyperdrive for a T forty seven Nubian. Like I they literally that. walk into the first one. Like let's try one of the smaller yeah. ones. They walk in there, and that's it. That's the rest of the time there. Well, then they've got a sandstorm, and then he meets this lady who doesn't know what sex is, and this is the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. Uh, you did respond to that. If you're supposed to come out of that movie with a positive opinion of the Jedi Order, it's a big fail. Yeah, there's nothing good about the Jedi based on the that. Jedi movie. Council. I mean, we have, uh, first of all, I think we talked about this like fucking last week. Please refer to our Star Wars pod. <laughs> Are so sullen and crappy in this movie. Uh huh. They just sit in their uh, uh, perpetual sunset room. <laughs> yep. In their weird leather chairs. Again, not uh, allowed to move scowling. for technological reasons. Yes. <laughs> now remember, you can't move an inch because of all the CGI. You have to stay right there. Uh, Ryan says, I believe the point of the Padre sequence was to sell video games. Yeah. Uh, there's or toys a video or game. whatever. Yeah. There's a video game podcast on the Earwolf Network called How Did This Get Played? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Earwolf, so it's got, you know, the usual too many ad reads. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's bonus stuff that's, like, behind a paywall. <laughs> are the yeah, hosts any good? Stuff. The hosts are okay. It is, um... Uh-oh. Mm. Well, it's Heather Ann Campbell and... Trick McBridge. It's not Trick McBridge. Oh. Okay. Uh... And a guy, one of the guys from uh, the, maybe from the Doughboys uh, fast food podcast. Anyway, another uh, seasoned podcaster whose okay. name has just completely escaped me. That's okay. Uh, and they talk about um, bad video games, but increasingly they just talk about strange video games. It actually went off the rails pretty quickly when they talked about Katamari Damacy. Because it's not a bad like, game. It's a very good game. It's just not a game. bad game. It's yeah. an extremely good game. Yeah. A satisfying fucking game for all time. Yeah, so they talk about sort of a mix of weird games and bad games, and they recently did the Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer 
hmm. game, and they didn't hate it. Okay. But it does not seem like it was part of a real big push coming out of Lucasfilm. They, for instance, they did not really share with them any assets or... So they had to use the Jetmoto like, engine and just do their best. Yeah, they kind of had to hammer it together <laughs> based on like a couple of essentially trailers and previs shots, and they somehow made a pretty decent game out of it. Okay. That everyone said was actually kind of fun to play, but it does not seem like it was part of a big push, but... Uh, uh, George Lucas made all his money on the Star Wars toys on keeping the merchandising rights. So um, it would it would not be surprising if at some point he said, well, this this scene will sell a lot of toys. People are going to want to buy Whatever. Dud Bolt and uh, <laughs> Gascano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously Sebulba. You don't even have to say it. Well, I'm wagering heavily on Sebulba. Mm. He wins every time. He's also uh, his yeah. rival's a little kid, so... That is true. He should win. I mean, there's also a bunch of other presumably adults. Presumably, but no one thinks there's any other competitor. It's just one of which one of those two is going to win. I mean, one guy's got a real good pet droid team. They're kind of the Rainbow Warriors of uh, pod racing. <laughs> Second Jeff Gordon reference of the week. <laughs> uh, he also says, I understand that the kid who played Anakin walked away from acting. Good. Yeah, well, he was um, he was kind of bullied out of it. Oh, was he? I don't know. I mean, story. we've talked about it. There's only there's only three good nine year old actors. So, oh yeah, he ain't one of them. Everyone should go real easy on kid actors because it 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 doesn't seem like it's something kids do well. No, and it gets harder every day. Like Marjan and I talk about this sometimes. In the olden days, kids had real easy acting jobs where they just sit. Yeah, well, movies weren't about kids. For well, one gosh, thing. gee, and then they, you know, whatever. Maybe they had to cry or something. But like, kids got weird fucking roles these days. You ever see? You ever see that show, Pen Fifteen? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I watched all of Pen Fifteen, and <laughs> I really liked it. It was. It's a funny show, but. Uh, there's a lot of scenes mixing adult and child <laughs> actors. Yes, there are a lot of scenes where a 13-year-old boy <laughs> has to do some real awkward dialogue with a 30-year-old woman pretending to be in sixth grade. That was when I first realized it, and I leaned over to Marge and I said, Hey, being a kid actor is real hard these days, huh? Yeah, uh, like, and the kid actors cool. in that are not are certainly not the best part of it, but no. they, they they do okay. <laughs> I just I felt bad for him. I was like, you never used to have to do this in the '60s so, or whatever. You didn't, these roles didn't exist for kids. You just kind of came in and you said, "Daddy Robux, you know, get, I need I'm Annie." Is that <laughs> is that how the movie goes? But these days, there's just all kinds of crazy shit happening. Um, is there still just one season of that? That'd be a good recommendation. I think, I think it's on Hulu, right? It was on Hulu, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess now that I think about it, in Old Yeller, that little boy did have to fight a bear. <laughs> so I guess there were different challenges. And Shirley Temple had to be weirdly sexual around all those adult men. Yeah, I guess maybe my theory's wrong. Maybe it's always been hard. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Jake Lloyd, I I believe, is not in acting these days. Even though he was Christopher Lloyd's grandson? Uh, is that true? I just made it up. I hope it's not true. Uh, well, what if it is? It's, if it's true, I've, I guess I've got powers. What if he was there, on set, off screen, just whispering, It's Coruscant. <laughs> There's That's still scenes where the kid has a hard time saying Coruscant. 
kid can't say anything. I, there's one. Uh, he reads okay. It's a made up word. He just keeps saying Coruscant. And it's like, <laughs> no. I mean, I get it, but no. Oh, it's one of those make em ups that's not really a make em up, though, because there is a region in Iran called Coruscant. And oh, well, it's clearly just like Tatooine is the name of the place where they've actually filmed. Yes. So clearly Star Wars. he's like, well, no one has ever heard of that. It's fine. It's exotic. Yeah. Um, you know how there's every every Star Trek week and now Star Wars week. There's one moment that makes me almost quit the project. <laughs> yeah, sure. And I'm sure you have. The Usually same. it's the cold opener for Voyager. Yes. Well, in this case, it was when that little kid looked up and went, are you an angel? And I was That's like, well, very I hard. don't think I That's can do this. That's extremely tough. I don't think then I later in it. the ship, when he gives her that thing he carved at some point. <laughs> when they have to talk about how much they mean to each other. And you're like, I don't, I don't like anything that's happening here. This whole this scene's is, giving me the creeps. He's a little kid. And he's like not into it. He's I like, get that you're like a teenager and you're the whole queen of your planet. <laughs> so probably your opinion on what kids should and shouldn't be allowed to do is different. But come on. <laughs> She's she's really coming on strong too and he kind of tries to slow the whole thing down he's like hi yeah, 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 he's the yeah, mature yeah, one yeah, okay i get it i get it i get it i like you too but like it's a lot there's a lot happening there's a lot uh, going on in the world right now so <laughs> uh ryan also writes struggling with this droid corporal a little bit i wonder if droid corporals can be made in the same sense that current military officers are made or programmed from the beginning to be leaders even without any prior military experience you know. Yeah, I mean that was my entire point about that was what why would the, first of all, why do you need one? Yep. All of these droids are controlled by one big computer on a big ship and when it dies Which, they all just stop. Oddly, they call that ship the Corporal. So now it really seems redundant. That is odd. It is very odd. But they got a they got a captain. It's a captain droid who takes those is going to take them in for processing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and they gave him an accent. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, they got a corporal. It doesn't make any sense, though, because these guys don't seem to operate independently in any way. No, I mean, so. and then the, there's a whole, um, there's a whole, oh, what's the name of the guy with all the arms? What's his deal in the next movie? Dexter Jetster? No. Although <laughs> he's in the next movie, too. Um, the lightsaber guy. Oh, General Grievous. Yeah, what's his deal? He's uh, some he's kind of droid. robot. No, he's he's not. He's uh he's got a flesh heart and lungs and everything in there. Oh, he's, he's a cyborg. Uh, so yeah, he's a cyborg. He's a six million dollar man. Okay. But yes, Dexter Jensen also has a lot of arms and is coming. He's up. only got four, I think, but that's still more than the standard number. <laughs> he runs a diner. Uh-huh. What is the galaxy far, far away? Why is it a Johnny Rockets? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. What's happening. Ugh. It's like. I mean, we don't know how far, like, we don't know if Obi-Wan, I mean, we're just going to have to do this in two weeks, but we don't know if Obi-Wan, like, got in his fighter and flew around the planet to that thing, or if that shit is, like, under the Senate building. Oh, yeah. It's, like, in the basement of the Senate building and all the senators from the different planets like to go there and uh, listen to Love Me Tender on the little tableside jukeboxes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I definitely didn't get the feeling it was, like, a hot spot. It must be near their work, for sure. Uh, wasn't there a guy who worked at that Johnny Rockets at the prune yard that looked like Olmedo signs? Am I remembering that correctly? <laughs> Dude, I don't remember anybody who worked at the okay. Johnny Rockets or even at the Rock Bottom. I don't, I don't remember. But maybe it was uh, Olmedo signs though. His career didn't last very long. I mean, it was while he was still up. But oh, okay. You know, it was while he was getting hit by pitches so often. That was his so number one skill. 
Uh, Ryan writes, it bothers me also that people don't say goodbye on the phone in TV or movies. However, while proper handheld radio etiquette indicates you should sign off, many people don't do it during short, intermittent conversations. We used radios constantly at the port and at the factory. Nobody ever says goodbye. Yeah. I get that. It's not as bad as... Uh, but do they end their conversation with, there's something about this boy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> And then the other guy just sits there waiting for 10 minutes because he doesn't want to be impolite and jump in. Just go. It's his fucking boss. And he's like, is he going to say anything? If I, As soon as I walk away, he's going to say something. I better. This guy gets to decide when I take the trials. <laughs> That's right. Oh, what were we watching when we were watching something where someone picked up the phone and just said, what? And then hung the phone back up. <laughs> and I was like, what? What was supposed to have happened in that conversation? <laughs> he didn't uh, say hello or goodbye. The uh, building's on fire. <laughs> he just said what and then went mm, and hung up. I think it was for this project. It must have been one of them um, time travel episodes or something. Oh, man, maybe. Yeah. Uh, four days ago, uh, Ryan wrote, it may be blasphemy to question the rubric itself, but I wonder how much world building should the third installment of a trilogy be expected to do. Loose ends must be tied neatly, but must there be any further exposition? Uh, the top score in any any of these projects so far is still under 60, right? Yeah. So no one scores well. It is still possible to be the top scoring episode of Star Trek or Star Wars movie while getting a combined zero in world building. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the the rubric is just made up of things that we like about science fiction or work that we think science fiction should be doing. And it's pretty clear that nothing is good at all four at the same time. It's yes, I'd say that's right. Because then you would see a big score. Yeah, it was based partially on the argument between me and Marjan and partially on the things that we agreed should be in a sci-fi. And that's it. Yeah. Like, it's um, and it's not blasphemy to question it because we do it every single week. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, so, yeah, maybe the third part of a trilogy isn't going to do a lot of world building. Um, and that's fine. It's got to be, it's got to really wrap up the other stuff, though. Yeah, because, I mean, think about it. Like... Those elements are still there in the other movies. So, like, if there's a really good third movie and a really good first movie, but the first movie just has all that good world building in it, that would probably give it the edge. You'd be like, well, yeah, but that one, it introduces you to so many things. You know? I'm trying to think about late movies that do big world building. Like, I feel like uh, Star Trek Six. Oh, there's a does lot a in lot. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let them die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't forget, only Nixon can go to China. That's right. A phrase that Ben used that then Katie had to ask me what the hell he was talking about. Wait, what? Because she never saw Star Star Trek Six. Oh. And we had to go over what he probably meant by that. Oh, okay, and, okay, okay. Uh, why, you know. So, um, can I say that that scene 
after Praxis explodes and they're getting the briefing and Spock has already volunteered Enterprise and Kirk is finding out about it is probably the best written and acted scene in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Everything about what happens in that scene is a fucking wild ride for Kirk, the character, and Shatner nails it. Uh, we all know four is my favorite, but I might like six more than two. So It's possible. Six is a well-written film, again, until it goes off the rails in the last five or six scenes or whatever. Oh, I mean, yeah, when Kirk fights himself and <clears throat> also makes out with a woman who then turns into him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot they, of the stuff again, on Ropente is not great. Uh, they sent Scotty up some stairs to get a guy, which seems like... What if he had to take a breather halfway up? That wouldn't have worked out too it's good. the worst then, choice you could make. As you say, they all pose for that picture that nobody takes. But I mean, it's not like it doesn't get wild at the end of two. There's a lot of stuff that Khan does that is a real head scratcher. And everyone on the show, I mean, everyone on the movie points it out to him. But he just keeps doing it. So I feel bad for his little lieutenant through the whole movie. He's like, well, why though? Maybe not. Maybe think about it. And then he just never, never listens to him. Yes, that guy. Romaine, what'd you call him? <laughs> I forget. Lomaine? Uh, uh, four days ago, Ryan uh, retweeted Trump's suburban lifestyle dream tweet. How can that only be four days ago? That ain't right. Uh, yeah. Shit, Was that farther? Like, I mean, but it, the tweet itself can't be more than. Well, hold on. No, it was on the 29th was when Trump tweeted that. Oh, okay, so Ryan got to it a little bit late. but He got to it, like, but like only two or three days late. Yep. Uh, with, uh, Ryan's comment is, he's not quite telling us to hunt our neighbors yet. Because of uh, what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to read the tweet, but it is preposterous. Yeah, it's because we had, as an aside, mentioned that on the last pod that Trump has been tweeting up some crazy stuff as always and then i said that i don't know what he's been tweeting recently something like hunt your neighbors or something right um <laughs> but yeah um you know i wonder if anyone's really been keeping close enough track of everything that's happened in the last four years like uh, does someone I have a good probably spreadsheet the people at keep track or on the keep track reddit have been okay. i hope because like we need a good spreadsheet because Yo, honestly, if you brought up any of the things that Trump did in 2017 or 2018, we probably wouldn't even remember. And oh, they were baffling at the time. If we ever get to a safe, uh, to a yes. place where we feel safe and comfortable even discussing it, yes. uh, it would be worth going through the fucking wild ride that this country's been through in the last four years. It's because uh, every day, there's just literally every day, probably multiple things. And you just, there's no way to keep track of it. If you mention some stuff that, ha if I like, it, we don't talk about it on the podcast, so the podcast hasn't been helpful in reviewing those. And I'm glad, because no. I don't want to think about it. No, 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 no. And make it much easier to keep listening to them. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, when did we start this podcast? We started it during the election cycle, yep, right? 2016 sometime. March, yeah, I like think. Around, I around, yeah, spring of 2016. Yeah, rough. Real rough. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, in uh, a way, this is an extremely useless document of this era in history. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that there, first of all, we make a ton of references during this Star Trek project to the current climate. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's where it comes up a lot. It's in the premise. And then mm -hmm. one of us will say, seems like people still need to learn this one. <laughs> yeah, you'd think. You'd think 50 years after See, this came out. Seems like we haven't come that far since 1967 all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got to that one, that one, uh, let this be your last battlefield. Yep. 
where a lot of it is about uh, <laughs> don't rock the boat yeah, and wait, the right sh- and wrong ways to protest injustice. Yeah, you should wait patiently to get all your human rights. And, and we fucking got to that before. <laughs> yeah. That was like last, that was like the end, of, when was that? End of last year, early Be- this year? Before we could have said, now is that, now is that Spock or a Republican congressman who said that? <laughs> Which true. one said that idea? Yeah. But well, at the time, I just, I, I analogized it to there's a lot of good and bad on both sides, or there's a lot of good people on both sides right. or something. Exactly. That was the from most the, relevant. From another round of protests. <laughs> yes, that, that was the most yeah. relevant example. Yeah. Uh, Ryan confirms that he has had super bad highway hypnosis. So okay. uh, he says definitely happened more often when I had a regular long commute. So I think that's what it is. You just drive the same thing every day. Your body's real good at doing the motions of driving and even the like looking out for other cars without mm-hmm. really engaging your uh your thinker yeah i was lucky I, when even when i was still going to work not working from home i never had anything but reverse commute or like short short commutes yeah so yeah uh three days ago you tweeted uh <laughs> You you retweeted at Ray Romano News. <laughs> not even the I'm not reason sure I did you it, but now, that. now I'm glad I did it. Uh, <laughs> who tweeted, ended up so far down an internet rabbit hole, I learned about an early 90s experiment of putting cans filled with snacks in soda vending machines that failed so badly it was never rebooted <laughs> or mentioned again. And it is a picture of four cans that are labeled Cheetos Crunchy, Yep. Doritos Nacho Cheesier, Fritos Original, and uh, Roll Gold Low Fat Tiny Twists Pretzels. Yeah. Uh, they are wild. Uh, I can see that someone had that idea. You wrote, uh, I actually like some of these designs, but this seems like a prank of some kind, right? <laughs> like, you I mean, it would for sure be a prank if you, uh, if you went, put oh, Pepsi. hell yeah, RC Cola, <laughs> yeah. and then a fucking Roll Gold Pretzels <laughs> came out. You'd be like, what, what the fuck's happening? I, on yeah. the other hand, if I was surprised by nacho cheesier Doritos, I'd probably go, well, but okay. That's better. You know what? That's I do want those. Than what I was going to get. Or original Fritos. How bad must those smell when they've been canned? <laughs> they have such a stale fart smell in a bag. And you know, everything, liquid usually picks up a little bit of taste, right? So like uh-huh. things in bottles, plastic bottles taste different from things in cans, taste different than things in glass. I wonder if that's the same for those nasty little snacks or if they're so salted that like you'll never be able to tell. I don't know, man. Do you think you can get these on eBay? Cause well, they would be a million years old, so they'd pick up whatever in was in there. <laughs> like, uh, you know what? They're all so fatty that they could still have gone rancid probably. Um, and at the end of that, he says it was never revisited or mentioned again. And I definitely did not remember that that was ever a thing. Well, who knows, right? This is probably rolled out in one of those test market towns. Mm -hmm. And then everyone went this, I thought this would be fun, but actually it sucks. I hate it. Uh, but I really liked the Fritos can looks great. Um, oh yeah. The, the branding on them is pretty much on the rolled gold one is very boring. Yes. The Doritos would be better, but it has that real nineties Doritos attitude font going on (laughs) that ruins it. Otherwise it's a good design. And yeah, Cheetos and rolled gold. Also, does Cheetos still have a hyphen in it? I don't, I, until again, sort of like I didn't mention at Ray Romano news. I, um, I've literally never noticed that Cheetos had a hyphen in it. I'm not sure I would even, I don't, uh, I haven't bought 
or eaten Cheetos in a long time. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's not a real word, so you got to put a hyphen in it. What? <laughs> you know the rules. The style guide says that you have to hyphenate in Cheetos. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. What's the toes part? Well, I mean, Fritos, because it's... That's the name of our company. because yeah, oh, look, no. Fritos don't, and Doritos don't, but Cheetos does. Is it because the chi is for cheese? They want to make sure you know that it's for cheese. <laughs> no, thanks. You've really troubled me now. I never noticed that. Uh, hold, let's just do a quick search here. Hyphen in Cheetos. <laughs> Always, you think someone's laid out the case for it? 1998 is when they... Got rid of the hyphen. Okay, yeah, so it's not there anymore. All right. Yeah. Hmm. That is odd. Man. Whoo, and uh, just yesterday you tweeted, my wife just gave me what she thought was a compliment. You have a normal head. <laughs> she said it like it was a compliment. <laughs> she said it lovingly. And now, I, was it apropos of nothing? Would she just look at you and say, you have a normal head? <laughs> no, she was showing me a picture of some guy. Which, she was showing me somebody's haircut and saying, let's do your haircut like this next time. And uh, I said, yeah, but look at that guy's like giant forehead, though. Like, look how big you want my head to be like that, too. You want me to have this giant forehead? And then she like lovingly stroked my head and stroked my face and said, you have a normal head. <laughs> and I, I, I immediately grabbed my phone, which she knew meant I was going to tweet it. <laughs> What else could you do? <laughs> I just thought, what the fuck is this? Is this what passes for a compliment these days? This is what I gotta do? I gotta accept this normal head compliment? Well, it sounds to me like you're not yet so beaten down that you just immediately took it for a compliment. <laughs> you didn't go, thank you. Oh, that was nice. Thanks. I do have a normal head. Thanks for noticing. It's pretty normal, I guess. We did it, man. Well, that's everything. Ah, that's the fucking mailbag. We closed it out. Well, it took a while, but that's better. Last time it was depressingly short. Yeah, well, I mean, we went five weeks between mailbags this time, and most of the comments were, uh, Ryan, about Billy Joel, but that's fine. Oh, we're going to do it again. Because that is his project that we are doing. In fact, shit. We didn't start the fire. Ryan did. It's the Billy Joel bracket. It's been so long I totally forgot what what that clip was. <laughs> I don't know what song. Is that a Billy Joel song? Yeah, that's from um, the very first one on my side of the bracket, or the very first winner, uh, Pressure. Why does it sound like a, a Trans-Siberian Orchestra there at the end? Well, <laughs> as we've talked about, what is Billy Joel's sound? I only <laughs> ever recognize... Sounds. His other, lane is every lane. Yes, I recognize every other artist in Billy Joel. So, yes, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, why not? Oh, boy. Um, we did the first half of round one, so we're going to start here at match nine. That's exciting. Uh, I can go first. Uh, go match it. nine on my side of the bracket is Don't Ask Me Why mm. versus You're Only Human, parentheses, second wind. <laughs> um, By the way, I don't. I haven't heard that one because I haven't heard the greatest hits record, but... Um, 
I made you watch the first 15 seconds of the music video. Right? <laughs> it's just that we would talk about how self-important he is. And to put that fucking parentheses in there, second wind makes it seem very important. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the video for your only human parentheses, second wind, uh, casts Billy Joel as a guardian angel. <laughs> I remember this, yep. Who convinces a lovelorn teenager not to throw himself off a bridge yeah. um, by playing the melody for Piano Man on a harmonica. <laughs> Uh, and then it you know shows him what his life. It's a wonderful life, is what this is. The video, yeah. but and I cannot stress this enough. Even without the video, you would know that Billy Joel really thinks this sitcom theme song that he's written yeah. has the power to end self harm forever. So there's you don't detect any self awareness, no winking. I do not. Okay. I do not believe there's any winking in this song. Okay, um, because he's a clown. Billy Joel is a clown. Uh, this song is clown music. I agree. Don't I ask agree. me why, on the other hand. Yeah. It's like a good time summer of love samba, if that makes any sense. It's um, it's pretty harmless. I'll play a little bit of it. You can say the human heart is only make-believe. I am only fighting fire with fire. You are still a victim of the accidents you leave Sure as I'm a victim of design Yeah, yeah, you're all the servants in your new hotel Throw their roses at your feet Oh, fool them all, but baby, I can tell You're no stranger to the street Don't ask for favors That's a long clip, but I had to uh, make sure it got all the way to where it says "Don't, don't ask, ask me why." why. Right when the when the Long Island comes out of him. Yeah, um, that song's not really anything, but that is what I'm advancing. I consider that good, Billy Joel. That's um, that uh, that's on my BJ Buddies playlist. And um, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, to me, that's like McCartney meets uh, fucking Simon and Garfunkel or something. Uh, yeah, it's in that. It's definitely in that. Uh, oeuvre hmm. he uh he's using the his higher range he's using his folk range here mm-hmm. yeah it's a he's a real chameleon uh what's your match nine look like i have the longest time versus the river of dreams or sorry just river of dreams one of them said the river of dreams and one of them said river this is the one he doubled up on yeah uh Okay, so I remember The Longest Time as the easiest Billy Joel song to make fun of. It's the, you know, the one. <laughs> oh, it's the doo one. Oh, yeah. for the longest time. This fucking nasty, white-as-hell, neo-doo-wop, it's offensive. Unfortunately, I also remembered River of Dreams as the easiest Billy Joel song to make fun of. <laughs> I'm not even sure I know that one. Oh, yeah, you do. In the middle of the night. Nope, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So when I, these were against each other, and I went, oh, so son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so something had to give, I guess. Um, but uh, The River of Dreams I described as uh, the cheesy call and response uh, over some soft-ass shit. Um, 
the longest time is the winner here, but I again, I don't know how it can possibly advance. It didn't even matter what the competition was. I I detest that song. So, I didn't even get a clip for it cuz I didn't I didn't want to. You all know it. It's famous. <laughs> Both of those were famous. Uh <clears throat> on my side, match 10 is You're My Home versus Lullaby parentheses mm. Good Night My Angel. I like how we couldn't decide. Yeah. Um <laughs> When you look into my eyes and you see the crazy gypsy in my soul, oh boy, here my home begins. <laughs> it's a pretty insipid 1970s folk country song that literally invokes Indiana's early morning dew Whoa. and says, uh, home is just another word for you. So uh, that's going to be a miss for me. It doesn't feel like it's really breaking any kind of ground. Lullaby is a grandiose song in a minor key about how everyone dies, Mm. but his love will live on forever in this beautiful, very important song. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the French horn comes in at the end of the second verse, it's kind of impossible not to make jacking off motions. (laughs) And that's before all the melancholy strings come in. But here is the thing. At least this feels authentic. Yeah. Because he really does believe he is doing an amazing thing. <laughs> yes, right. Exactly right. Yeah. The winner is Lullaby. I, I don't mind Lullaby. Um, because it's... My rule is to ignore all the lyrics. I don't <laughs> mind it as a composition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's on my BJ Buddies playlist. All right. <laughs> That's two from your BJ Buddies playlist that I have advanced. You might have had the better bracket. Maybe I got the top side of the bracket, yeah. Yeah, Well, there's a top side and a bottom side to every Schwartz, so. I've heard that's true. (laughs) Except I think it's an upside and a downside. But uh, what's your match 10 look like? All right, I got Zanzibar versus Big Man on Mulberry Street. Zanzibar is exactly what you think it would sound like. Um... (laughs) It's definitely the weirdness of the late 70s. Some of the, especially the verses, they really sound like uh, something you'd hear from a chorus line or something. Um, Okay. So the verses are kind of a miss. They don't necessarily land for me, but I do like the chorus. Then there's some jazzy stuff that happens that even for me, a noted fan of jazz stylings, crosses a line. A surprise to learn you were a fan of jazz stylings, (laughs) but what can you say? It just keeps happening over and over again. Well, I don't really know how to put it. Uh, Jazz inspired? Because I don't actually, I've never really taken the jazz dive. You like when a little bit of jazz gets into your rock music. Right. Um, But this even gets a little too jazzy for me. Uh, Unfortunately for the Mulberry one, the other song, that's jazzy in a much dumber way. It's like... We have to buy the Royale before we can finish the story and get beamed up I back see. to Enterprise. It's like that kind of jazz. So Zanzibar, cool. two, two references to the Royale. In the <laughs> Zanzibar's the winner. I'll play a clip from it. You'll get what I'm talking about. For me, I got the old man's car. My um my device I'm using for this just died. <laughs> yeah, sure did. 
So, uh, anyway, it's a pretty cool song. Hold on, let me power this fucker up, <laughs> and then we can move on. And maybe you can do your bracket first. <laughs> yeah, you let me know when you're back in action, and I'll just run down my bracket until then. Okay, yeah, let's do that. <clears throat> um, so sorry, which one are you advancing? Oh yeah, so Zanzibar's the winner. Zanzibar's advancing. Okay, good. <laughs> Oh, okay. So in match 11, I have I Go to Extremes versus The Entertainer. Uh, I Go to Extremes rocks exactly as hard as the ALF theme song. (laughs) So not that much. So there's not a whole lot extreme about it. Wait, is there some super cool bass in it at least? I mean, mean, no, but sort of. So it doesn't rock quite as hard as the ALF theme song. Um... like if you told me this was a Bruce Hornsby or a Don Henley song, I'd say makes sense. Okay, like that's that's the area you should, it's the neighborhood you should be thinking of for a rock song. Uh, this is also another one where you should not watch the video, or you'll just be totally distracted asking why does it take fifteen people to make this song. He, he, I don't know if you notice this about Billy Joel videos, but there's often. 800 people in the band and you're like I'm not hearing all this well for one thing he's a fan of the fake performance video the one where they're trying to convince you they're just a bunch of sweaty guys in a room jamming Uh uh-huh even though they're all obviously there we can hear the recorded track they're just this is not a live performance and yes he has a huge band for some reason but I think the video for this one is Oh, maybe this is not a fake stage performance video. Maybe I'm thinking of a different. Are you thinking yeah, of I'm thinking um, of keeping the faith? Probably. <laughs> I was gonna say, are you um, are you thinking of the video for uh, um, is it only the good die young? Which one's the one that we both? Is it matter of trust? Uh, it's matter of trust, and uh, I have sort of have all, I'm always thinking of it now <laughs> yeah. that we discovered that it was on both brackets and we yeah. both watched it because we both seen it. Maybe that's the one you're thinking of. Uh, anyway, there's like four guitar players or something in this music video, and you're like, nah, there's one guitar at best in this song. Anyway, uh, The Entertainer has some incredible PBS synths at the front of it, hmm. but unfortunately it's like the 50th of his songs about how fucking important he is for being a musician. Yeah. Uh, he is his own hero to a frankly disgusting extent, but let's hear a little bit of that. Whoa. <laughs> I am the entertainer <laughs> And I know just where I stand Another serenader And another long-haired band Today I am your champion I may have won your hearts but I know the game, you forget my name And I won't be here in another year If I don't stay on the charts wow. So anyway, um... <laughs> well, that's something. It's a, such a fucking egoist. It is... <clears throat> yeah. You have a brother-in-law. Okay. Who uh, once uh, posted... About how soldiers weren't heroes. He was a hero because he did something that facilitated small businesses. <laughs> um, that sounds about right. And uh, so that's the vibe I get from most Billy Joel songs about music or yeah. the industry. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. 
But, I mean, just oh boy. So, but again, I think uh, we discussed. It's literally the only thing keeping him afloat is his <laughs> insane idea about himself. Like, <laughs> sometimes it's the only thing I can pick out of a song that's decent. It's like, well, he really went for it because, like, he thinks he's pretty good. So, yeah, um, he's you know he's really the UJ Sook of the. Uh, music i guess you know how he thinks he's good at every game <laughs> oh right yeah, he tells him he's gonna show him how it's done and then he show him how it's done can't and remember very bad at it yeah <sighs> uh i go to extremes as advancing i know i didn't play a clip from it and i know i didn't really have nice things to say about it but um <laughs> it's better than that i've heard i go to extremes i have not listened to any of street life serenade the album so I didn't. I haven't heard the entertainer before. Yeah, um, I could tell from the when the synth started that you had not previously yeah. heard that because um, I think you said "wow," but I knew that I picked literally no songs off of Stormfront, so <laughs> it can't be that good. I go to extremes. Uh, you're gonna have to keep going. Why don't you finish out your side and then I'll do my side? Yeah, for sure. This thing's juicing up. Uh, <laughs> Uh, match 12 for me is Baby Grand versus Goodnight Saigon. Okay. Uh, Baby Grand is the one where Billy Joel makes Ray Charles stand two feet away from him while he tays on days up his voice. <laughs> it doesn't quite rise to the level of a hate crime, but he has as much soul as the four dads band at the outdoor mall playing Superstition, and Ray Charles definitely did this for money. Well, I hope he got paid then. I hope he really got paid. Yeah. Uh, Goodnight Saigon, on the other hand. Uh, Billy Joel's Wikipedia page, I read it, uh, did not mention his many harrowing tours of duty in Vietnam. Mm. But how else could he have gotten it so exactly right <laughs> with Goodnight Saigon? You don't get this ABBA melody and lines <laughs> like, we had no cameras to shoot the landscape. We yeah. passed the hash pipe out of nowhere. So I assume he has a purple heart. Uh, gotta, the yeah, winner in this round, believe it or not, is Baby Grand. Uh, it is terrible, and I'm, I. It makes me deeply unhappy what he did to poor Ray Charles. But <laughs> Goodnight Saigon is, well, it's very self-important. Yeah, and it's garbage. Uh, yeah. Well, there was only two songs off the Nylon Curtain that I thought were anything at all, and they weren't good enough to make the BJ Buddies playlist. So. Mm. I'm not surprised Goodnight Saigon didn't make it. I remember hating it. <laughs> it's, uh... Do you know how, like, uh, if you put on a Dire Straits record and then you're like, why does Telegraph Road have a five-minute intro? Mm -hmm. Uh It's like that, but you don't get to hear any of Mark Knopfler's guitar playing. No. Uh, and you'd think with his confidence, with Billy Joel's confidence, oh, he give it a shot. It's odd that he doesn't take a couple of guitar solos. <laughs> it is really weird. You should just go for it. Uh, match 13 is uh, Moving Out, parentheses, Anthony's song. Yeah, sure. Uh, versus I've Loved These Days. Okay. Uh, Moving Out is one of his catchier numbers. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, it's about escaping from the rat race and so on. A lot of his songs seem to be about people who have big plans and how they're definitely going to persevere. So this one's kind of a change of pace. This is like the only one where he's not buying in. Yeah. On the American dream. That's right. He's like, working too hard can give you a heart attack. Ack, 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 ack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. It's, 
It's uh, it's got some silly parts too. Uh, the fact that I'm not going into it in a lot of detail here should let you know that it is actually the winner. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me just say about it then. He does the crazy thing at the end where he's got a cool coda for the song. It sounds real good. But he just fucking crams a bunch of engine noise over it as someone yes. is getting out of town. Yeah. And you're There's like, a lot of peel out noises. It's bro, very dumb. This isn't the music video. This is the record album that yeah. people are going to buy. Don't do it on the record. You just killed your beautiful coda on the end of your cool attitude rock song with all this. <laughs> I can't even hear it. Just a baffling choice. Uh, so it's uh, it's up against I've Loved These Days, which is yet another very self-important song. It does actually have an interesting progression. Mm. It's just so hard to listen to or care about the lyrics of these songs uh, because, again, nothing feels like real sentiment. Yeah. It was At this point in the bracket, it was like I had listened to 26 thought experiments so far. Or like, um, you know, at least, at least 69 love songs has the decency to be short. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> and yes. Not, All the and songs not serious, are short. not self-serious. Yeah. So uh, while punk rock love sucks and it's not a punk song at all, uh, it gets out of your way real quick. Yeah. Um, there's also a little chamber music break. So let's uh, let's hear I've Loved These Days. feels like that could have been like an alternate theme song for mash or something like it's <laughs> a little bit so fucking easy going you could put that in <laughs> like any late 70s early 80s tv make that the theme song yeah i actually uh i could not really identify what that second instrument was it might be uh like a soprano sax maybe okay or maybe a maybe a clarinet i don't know maybe it's a fucking uh, soprano sucks yeah, the winner of match 13 for me is uh, is moving out. Cool. Upper at the C's Anthony song. <clears throat> he works at Mr. Cacciatore's down on Sullivan Street. <laughs> across from the medical center. Yep. Story songs, man. Story songs. <laughs> but it's about a bunch of different characters <laughs> who all are working so hard. Or are wrongheaded. Yeah. Idiots. Why are you working so hard all the time? Uh... Yeah, is that what you get for your money? Um, Who needs a match house out in sack? <laughs> Who needs it? Yep. Match 14 for me is my life versus keeping the faith. Mm. So uh, my life is another American dream ennui toothless rock number. Yeah. Uh, it also sounds like a sitcom theme, but from the 70s instead of from the 80s. So it's, you know. Not exactly like Second Wind. Everybody, if you you know which one this is. You know my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing a clip out here. Yeah. Uh, keeping the faith. Uh, what to say about this? In the music video, he is on trial Yep. to determine whether or not he has been keeping the faith. Mm-hmm. 
the music video also gives you a sense that it's like he is defending changing his musical style so often. But uh, when you listen to the lyrics, it's just a song about how he bunch used to love to do a bunch of lame shit and how that's cool. He's that's all cool. He's yeah. just been doing the same shit he always did uncritically. Yeah, that's, right. um, that's the key part right there. Unfortunately, he has landed on a real stinker uh, in terms of the music for this one. This song is trash. That's yeah. a it's a wet fart of a song, Keeping the Faith. I believe most famously, I think the most famous Keeping the Faith reference is that at the Catalina Wine Mixer, <laughs> the cover band that only does 80s Joel. That's right. They refused to be Keeping the Faith. Oh, okay. They only do, oh, no, wait. They <laughs> thought, only do 80s doo-wop Joel, right? Did oh, they do Keeping the Faith? I think at one point he says they're... I don't know. That's, that's her Horatio Sands, right? They're Keeping the Faith. <sighs> yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they do do it at the Catalina... <laughs> fucking wine mixer (laughs) um my life is advancing uh from that round okay and um match 15 and we got some big we got some big ones here we've got it's still rock and roll to me Mm -hmm. versus piano man piano man certainly a big one it's marjan's favorite uh well it's still rock and roll to me confirms what i've always said uh, people whose favorite music is all music are fundamentally untrustworthy. <laughs> like if you this ask them just, what they like and they just go, I like everything. I just like music. Yeah. yeah. Don't trust those people. Yeah. This is a song. This is a song about, this is a song where he's mad about how people stopped paying attention to him. And they, I wanted to talk about, I don't know, like let's say Blondie probably was an example of the exact kind of thing. Okay. Like the CBGB's, kind of people right yeah um and he has chosen to do it in a real low energy stray cat style mm-hmm. and uh a song about how you think your music is still good even if nobody else does is not exciting <laughs> sure piano man yeah. Is yet another song about how heroic and important it is to be a musician. Yeah. It is also a story song about a bunch of the least interesting stock characters your creative writing workshop could brainstorm. <laughs> it's also got one of those great, extremely literal music videos. They, sure, it sure does. What Marjan says to defend it is that it is such a great atmosphere. Imagine how great it would be if you had this whole regular gang that you. No, I get it, and I always it's dumb cheers. I understand. (laughs) Yeah, I say well, but I'm at home listening to this. Like I'm not at the (laughs) bar, and I'm not with all my group of crazy friends from the bar. I'm just a guy at home who wants to hear a good music. But uh, listen to them again and see if you actually want to hang out with any of those people. Is my proposal Mm -hmm. about that it's just like i need to i need to populate this bar full of characters also don't worry everyone knows they're here to see me and that i'm very important (laughs) that's fine uh the winner of this match is it's still rock and roll to me all right don't expect it to go real far but you never know you never know it's gonna be up against uh either famous last words or leningrad that's my uh, week 16 match or my match uh, round 16 match here yeah uh it's still rock and roll to me is off glass houses which i think i i think that's his best record but that is not one of the good songs off the record 
Uh, I think well, maybe the first one was Don't Ask Me Why was also off that, maybe something like that. Uh, yeah. Yes, Don't Ask Me Why. I, because I I think that one doesn't have a music video, so the, just, uh, the album cover is fucking burned into my head. <laughs> me too, yes, because... Uh, his fucking boot-cut jeans and his... Uh, <laughs> and he's mad. He's about to throw a rock at a throw a rock at that house. window. Did you get it? It's a- Which... Seems tough, but he's wearing gloves because it was cold. <laughs> it does look less tough. He's got vandalism gloves on. Uh, yeah. Uh, famous last words. Okay. Literally the last song on his last studio record, and the chorus is about how it's the last song. Mm-hmm. It really, truly encapsulates how important Billy Joel thinks he is. He is taking his ball and going home but not before you understand how much you're going to miss having him around. Sure. Yeah. Boy, you really did get a lot of those on your side. You know, I I haven't been paying that much attention to the lyrics. I probably got a lot of them too. (laughs) Uh, Leningrad. Leningrad is a song about how he met a clown one time who made his daughter laugh. And it is a very important treatise on the pain that lingers long after world war two and the futility and ruin of the cold war. (laughs) It is honestly a little less self-important than Famous Last Words, so it gets the win. But uh, I did mean to play a clip from Famous Last Words, so let's hear a little bit of that. There's nothing left for a dreamer now, only one final serenade. And these are the last words I have to say. The winner is Leningrad. Yes. Uh, maybe I should have played clips from the losers because we're never going to hear from them again. But eh, That's kind of what I tend to do in these projects is play the clips on their exit. It's not 100%. Like, I picked Don't Ask Me Why, but I played Don't Ask Me Why, and right, I did it right. a couple other places. But, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll move on to my side and see if my device has got the juice. Um, <laughs> it literally ran out of power? Well, I checked it before. And it said it had full juice, but it, it okay, didn't. Okay, so it's it, got a dying battery. It didn't have the full juice. Okay. Uh, anyway, so my next matchup was This Night, off an Innocent Man, versus She's Right on Time, uh, off the Nylon Curtain. Um, this Night is some more fake doo-wop, so apparently I got plenty of that on my side. Um, oh God, what I wrote six weeks ago. Hey, this night, the street corner singers from Rocky called and disinvited you to their trash can fire party under the bridge near Mickey's gym. Um, there is some good vocal layering and keyboards, and she's right on time, and that's enough for the win. But um, the Nylon Curtain's not a very good record, and it's this is not even the best song off of that. But to me, she's right on time sounds like... Um, 
Manfred Mann, maybe? Ooh, the Earth Band? Yes, and his Earth Band. <laughs> the very same. Here, I'll play something you can see what you what you think. Please play. So you can tell when I play the clip, it means they win. So she's right on time as the winner there. Um, but not a great song. Um, one thing that doing this podcast over teleconferencing always does is whenever you play a clip, I assume it's the same when I play a clip to you, it gets kind of a weird phasing sound effect or chorusy sound effect from mm. the uh, low sampling rate. Um but I actually wouldn't have been surprised if there was that was sounded pretty phased just based on the sort of 70s soft rock stylings. And I wouldn't be surprised if this big bundle of wires on my desk is not the most efficient way to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and that we are maybe losing some fidelity in here. Oh, do you feel like when you hear my songs, they sound mostly normal? I don't know. They sound fine. They sound like they're coming over a, a, a Google call or whatever, but they sound yeah, fine. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, they sound normal when you're in the when they're in the podcast though because we're recording our own sides. But right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next one. Poof. Two thousand years. Uh, versus the Downeaster Alexa. Um. <laughs> I'm just learning my notes. What can I say about two thousand years that hasn't already been said about the circle of life? I don't have a punchline. Those songs live in the same space, and I don't mean it as a compliment. Uh, the Downeaster Alexa sounds like post-police sting, so I made a frowny face and a literal harumph and picked Alexa. But I did not provide a clip because I was mad about it. <laughs> so the Downeaster <laughs> Alexa is the winner there. Um, I The Downeaster Alexa is considered the prototypical yacht rock song. Oh, okay. And uh, I had never heard it until a couple of years ago when someone was like, maybe a guest on a podcast and was talking about how, no, it's a re actually a really good song and everyone should give it a chance. And uh, I disagree. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say, were you swayed at the time or did it go, nah, I was not. It's not it. <laughs> uh, the next one. Wow. Uh, Uptown Girl. Another, another famous one. <laughs> Versus She's Always a Woman. Um, I actually don't... Okay, so out of all the fake doo-wop, Uptown Girl's my favorite one of those. Off that shitty fake doo-wop record or whatever. It's still, um... It's still very affected, but it's not pure doo-wop. It's more like Teen Idol music mm -hmm. from the 60s. Um, so it's not, it's not the worst. But I actually like She's Always a Woman. And this is where I make my usual case that I don't pay attention to the lyrics. And I am... 110% certain that the lyrics to She's Always a Woman are offensive. But <laughs> that's not going to affect its standing for me here. Um, yeah, it, I, um, it must be so weird to go through. So Katie is the same way. 
Yeah. She doesn't hear lyrics, uh, and you don't hear lyrics, I guess. It must be so weird to go through life like that. Or maybe it's just nice and easy and good, because if I hear a weird lyric, I'm usually just done with a song. That's why, though. Okay, so it's not that I don't hear them. Because sometimes I do... I, this is my effort. My you have effort, trained yourself to ignore them? Yes, my effort is to ignore them, and sometimes I fail. Sometimes I hear the lyrics, and then they invariably turn me off. And I go, oh, fuck this fucking song. How can you say that in a song? What's wrong with you? Um, so my effort is not to do that so I can just enjoy it as music without having to care about what dumb message there is or ridiculous metaphor or whatever is going on in the lyrics. Um, but like, who wants to hear, who the fuck wants to hear what this guy has to think about who, what, a, what a, makes a woman, you know what I mean? Like I desperately did not want to know the lyrics to this song. Um, so anyway, she's always a woman is the winner. Let me see if I can play a clip for that. But, um, yeah, the lyrics, not important. Yeah, she steals like a thief, but she's always a woman to me. Uh, turns out I have heard this. Oh, she takes care of herself. She can wait if she wants. She's ahead of her time. Yeah, it's, um, he's in his McCartney zone again, <laughs> which is a safe space for him most of the time. That may be a zone that we have fundamentally different opinions about. <laughs> well, there's one on here where he's in his McCartney zone and it is not a good space. Oh, okay. It might be coming up. I don't know. Because um, you can only listen to uh, Waterfall so many times and you can't ever listen to simply having a wonderful Christmas time. So. <laughs> False. That's so wrong. You know what that song reminds me of? Oh, please. Your Honeymoon. Why? Because it was around Christmas and in the cruise, <laughs> they must have played that song over the TV, you know, the crappy cruise TV <laughs> channel. I don't know. Uh, 15 times every two or three hours like it was constantly on and now i um it's associated with some very happy memories of my brother getting married so how could you say that uh is it weird that my strongest memory from my honeymoon is when katie got lost on the cruise ship and just stayed where she was and then <laughs> we argued sent somebody else to find her who went that to was find the her? correct move was it me i think we had to send you what she just didn't come back yeah that's not it. That's not the one. Yeah, cruises are tough, man. We, they, your cell phones it's a don't work out big there. Ship, but like, you can only get so lost. It's just anyway. Um. All right. We didn't start the fire. Mm. Yeah. Versus say goodbye to Hollywood off of Turnstiles. Um, it's eighty. Uh, everybody. Uh, Everybody knows this song, obviously. It's 80s trash. Don't listen to it. It's bad. Uh, we didn't start the fire. Um, this other song here, Say Goodbye to Hollywood, it did not make the cut for me when I poured over Turnstiles, the record, but it wins this one. Like, it's no contest. Um, because We Didn't Start the Fire is such aggressive shit. 
Can we talk about We Didn't Start the Fire? Sure. Uh, I don't think I've listened to this song as an adult. Okay. What is the message of this song? What does We Didn't Start the Fire mean? Uh, the, um, well, Cause it, I don't want to like know. It's mostly stuff that happened in his life, lifespan, in his lifetime, is what's in We Didn't Start the Fire, right? Yeah, because you'd think the point based on that statement is that it's just cycles of history or something. Uh-huh, yeah. But it doesn't seem like that's he's making points like that. But like, I didn't memorize. Just naming things. I didn't memorize all the things he he named, that he listed, this list of concepts and historical figures or whatever. Um, uh, this is another one that's like a musical in a way. I don't know. We've, we've actually been going on a musical kick recently, and we've noticed how many songs and musicals are literally just people listing things because the lyricists are the worst. Um, I think like nine out of ten songs in Hair, the musical, is just somebody making a list. And that's what this song reminded me of. Is the important line in this song, no, we didn't light it, but we tried to fight it? Uh, it does, is this song does he want does he want credit for standing up <laughs> or for knowing that Joe McCarthy was in the wrong yes you know well after the fact I don't hey, know is this really a line in the song Eisenhower vaccine England's got a new queen yeah uh, also vaccine n- new kids on the block had a lot of hits Chinese food <laughs> makes me sick it's not more, Ugh. but it is not a better composed song than that. I mean, in terms of the lyrics. Is it better? If the lyrics to We Didn't Start the Fire, is it better than saying, uh, Hold on. I like girls who wear Abercrombie and Fitch. What's the fucking name of that song? Summer. Summer. Fuck. Summer Girls? Summer. No. Girls, LFO. Yeah, it is. Okay. Summer Girls. Uh. No, show me the fucking lyrics. Give me the lyrics to Summer Girls. It's the only thing oh, people yeah, care genius. about. Genius.com, please. Yes, it's the only thing about that song people care about is the lyrics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hip-hop, marmalade, spick and span. <laughs> Met you one summer and it all be- The Great Larry Bird, Jersey 33. Come on. Is that worse than we didn't that start is the, the fire? That's the end of a couplet that says that starts, you're the best girl that I ever did see. <laughs> the Great Larry Bird, Jersey 33. <laughs> Billy Shakespeare wrote a whole bunch of sonnets. Yeah, that does rhyme with when you take a sip, you buzz like a hornet. <laughs> um, How is that worse, though? Oh, boy, I'm not sure it is. Macaulay Culkin was in Home Alone. Sure. Yeah. That's okay. a thing. Michael J. Fox was Alex P. Keaton. <laughs> hey, this is exactly the same right. as we didn't start the fire. That's what I'm saying. Except I understand what the chorus means. So, like... Why would anybody be into this one? What is there about? Because it's not the good, the good '80s music. So, like, what would it be? I don't know. There was a good man named Paul Revere, <laughs> which is just a Beastie Boys reference. But like, if you just read the lines, eh. yeah, maybe LFO should be the next project. They've got other songs, I'm sure. <sighs> I mean, the guy's dead. R.I.P. Uh, anyway, say goodbye. The say goodbye to Hollywood moves on. There is no clip for it. Um, uh, this is the time from the bridge versus where's the orchestra from the nylon curtain. What I wrote was the 1980s were hard on a lot of artists. It seems like it really started to affect BJ by the bridge and through the end of time, I guess. 
This is the time is another uh, another one that sounds like some generic 80s nonsense. Actually, if you new waved the instrumentation a bit and added the singer from the psychedelic furs, I could see this track working. But he was a dummy and didn't take my future notes. <laughs> you know, people who have too big of a head and won't take notes uh, sometimes do miss out on on some pretty easy wins because. Uh... As in Akewood, I often find myself wondering if the singer from the Psychedelic Furs was a good singer or a bad singer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I know I want to hear him, though. I want to hear more because I feel like there is a sample that's big enough where I can make the determination. I just have to get there. You just have to listen to more. The real hard part is you have to listen to more Psychedelic Furs records. Yeah, i got to listen to a lot of Psychedelic Furs to figure this out. Uh, you can't just do like me and listen to uh, Here Come Cowboys over and over again. Is that the record with the good songs? That's one specific song. Okay. I don't even. I don't know what record it's from. I don't, I don't even remember what that is from the name. I know. Um, Love my way. That's a very good one. Love my way is extremely good. And I know. Um, Heaven. Yeah, that one. That was probably our mom's favorite. That so. sounds right. And that's uh, why you know that one so much. There's pretty in pink. Isn't she? I'm struggling here. Um, what's another one? Uh, did you say <laughs> the ghost in you? Oh yeah, okay, that's another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah the ghost in you, right? Uh, okay. You, do you know Heartbreak Beat? You don't. Uh, maybe know. you don't. No, you haven't listened to this greatest hits album that I have over and over again, so you don't. It probably um, not. No, don't play Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> or you know what? Do play Heaven. It's better than Billy Joel. <laughs> If you're going to do 80s, this is how it should sound. I wanted to get to the good verse. Yeah, he started with the chorus here. I mean, so the answer is probably bad singer, but like, I still <laughs> yeah. like it. It works. So I don't know. For some reason, it works. I'll play Here Come Cowboys later. That's what I actually meant to play, but we still got to get the yeah, Joel matchup. I haven't even finished this this matchup. Where's the orchestra? Is so McCartney that BJ should, again, have to credit him as a songwriter, but it's the bad McCartney who loved the 1920s for some reason and was like, <laughs> remember, hey, everyone remember when I'm 64? That's the best thing I ever wrote. Um,. <laughs> But even the bad McCartney wins this one. I'll I'll play some so you can see what I'm talking about here. Yeah, let's have it. Where's the orchestra? Wasn't this supposed to be? He's even trying to sound like him. I think it really is. Here I am in the balcony. This is the winner?
I think he said idea. <laughs> he did. I will have to listen to this as the time later because I am curious as to what could lose to that. You know, I hadn't heard Where's the Orchestra in six weeks. <laughs> and when I played it, it made, that was an authentic laugh. I really laughed at how dumb that was. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. This is the time it must really fucking suck. It must suck real bad, but... Uh... <sighs> but, man, he he's, like, doing a McCartney impression. Yeah. it's That must be an impression. That it's... cannot be... Where's the know, orchestra? <sighs> All right, my last... Do you think he's on the spectrum? We shouldn't speculate about it, but, like... You know, he makes some wild decisions. I saw Billy Joel on Colbert recently, last week. I don't remember. Uh, and he seemed pretty normal. Huh. And now that he's crazy old, he even seemed like he's got a relatively good sense of humor about himself, which you do okay. definitely do not get from his catalog. Um, But, you know... He just genuinely believes that he can and should do anything yes. that occurs that occurs to him at all yes is the is the issue well you know he goes around and he just says bruce and he expects you to know he's talking about bruce springsteen and because <laughs> he said you know and i you know I'm, I'm good friends with bruce and i don't think they'd mentioned who they were talking about yet and i knew instantly that he meant bruce springsteen but instant instantly i went hornsby uh what if it was bruce willis <laughs> what if uh he really liked the return of bruno <laughs> maybe I guess it could have been Bruce Willis. It turned out to be Springsteen, which I knew from the start, but I thought it was <laughs> funnier Hornsby. if it was Hornsby, but he didn't say it till the end. Well, so everyone another thought. Another piano man. <laughs> so everyone thought he was talking about Springsteen, but then at the very end, he'd say, yeah, me and Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> if he really had a sense of humor about himself, that that would have been what happened. Yeah. Or I guess if he had a writer, that, yeah. probably is the, that probably would have been the deal. I'll do it for him. I wrote that right on the spot. I can do it. I got what it <laughs> <Yeah>. takes. <laughs> Give me some of that fucking, uh, some of that pressure money. I don't know where he's getting the money. Oh boy. Where's the orchestra is the winner for yeah, yeah. Ma- match 15. Last matchup, the stranger from the stranger versus summer Highland falls from turnstiles. Is that like, a fucking instrumental? Um, I, I'm sorry. I have not listened to it. I just cannot believe that you could title a song with lyrics Summer, Highland Falls. I haven't listened to it in six weeks and I didn't put it in the notes, but I think I would have if it was an instrumental. I think you would have mentioned if it was an instrumental. What I said about it was it has a pretty typical Elton John intro, but then goes Vanessa Carlton at certain points. So it's uh, not. You, only, you must only know one Vanessa Carlton song, right? The, the one. I know the a one. A Thousand Miles? There's only one, we can right? Wait downtown. Yes. That one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this must have been twenty years before that song. But yes, yes. Oh, I'm not. Again, I'm not going to. I'm not going to look up who came first, Billy Joel or Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> okay, I already said I wasn't going to do that. Which one was on TRL first? Sorry, that's what it, I want to know. Sorry if it makes all the BJ buddies upset out there. I'm not going to look up <laughs> if Vanessa Carlton was first or not. I assume she was, but I'm not looking it up. Um. Uh, the Stranger, again, all about confidence. It's a super self-important song. I think BJ probably recorded it and then asked for high fives from everybody in the studio for three hours afterward. He is sure this thing is fucking amazing. But it accidentally rocks a little bit. And it sounds kind of off in a good way. So even though, again, he shouldn't trust his instincts, he did and it worked. But it's still only like the fifth best song on this album. Um... But I'll play some, so you know what I mean. Um, yeah, let's have it. But yeah, it's uh, all about confidence for this dude. 
one has gone Some are satin, some are steel Some are silk and some are leather They're the faces of the stranger But we love to try them on So there you go That's the winner It's, uh, it's Dirty Laundry by Don Henley, right? <laughs> It's another Don Henley song. <laughs> Good. We've mentioned Hornsby a couple of times today. We've got yeah, Henley get a couple of Hornsby's in a couple of. Hornsby's a couple of uh, <laughs> Hensley's. I can't say them both. Henley. <laughs> I can't say Hornsby and Henley somehow. We mentioned Jeff Gordon. That always works. Yeah. A couple of references to the Royale. <laughs> the Royale. I accidentally played the wrong psychedelic first song. It's been a pretty good episode. This is a professional podcast. We've done 190 something of these, and it's. <laughs> I didn't run out of power. That was a bit. Uh, the device works fine, everybody. So. And I know exactly who Vanessa Carlton is, and I'm familiar with her catalog. Hey, that's the end of round one of the Billy Joel bracket. Painful. Um, so we'll be revisiting some of these songs in round two in a month. Um, probably get through all of round two in one show just because there's only half as many. Yeah. But uh, boy, how much can I not wait to listen to All for Lena again? <laughs> yeah. Or, there's nothing uh, more I can do because I'm doing she's it all for Lena. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, hey, you know when you like you do a lot of manual labor, like you got a project you're working on? You like uh-huh. work outside all day, and like the next couple of days, you're sore, but it feels really good. <laughs> uh-huh. It feels great. You're just like, Ooh. That's you, is that how you feel about finishing round one here? No, I, it's sore in a bad way. Oh, okay. I'm very sore, and I hate it. I, uh, it was not a fun time, and I'm not looking forward to next month when we have to do it again. Oh, well, how about next week when we watch week 87 of our Star Trek project? See, that's the good soreness. <laughs> okay. After I knock those out, I'm going to feel really good. Well, then you should go ahead and watch Clues. Okay. That's a, that's definitely, again, don't know if it's good or bad, but there will be notes. Uh-huh. Uh, please also watch Accession. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm sure we talked about which one it is. It's the one with the other prophet? No. Uh, yeah, another prophet shows okay. up. Another person claiming to be the emissary. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, I think emissary. someone shows up who's been missing from Bejra for like 200 years and they claim to be the emissary or something like that. But really, the Vorlons were just keeping him on ice. Yeah. It's to, oh, it uh, probably is Jack the Ripper, right? <laughs> so they, oh, no. they Sorry, been, he's already been in Star Trek. Yeah, but he hasn't been in DS9. That's right. We haven't seen him in a while. You mean Red Jack? But... Uh, yeah, but didn't McCoy say he was... Nope, that was... Uh, sorry, that was Leonardo da Vinci who was dying. Yeah, you're, we should be talking about Red Jack in the episode where Scotty got wanged on the head by a woman and he hated all women. <laughs> and everyone immediately said, I mean, he could be a serial killer and now. He probably, in, he probably in reality killed everyone in that episode and they made up a thing about a spirit that traveled from planet to planet. Uh, boy, what do you think we scored Wolf in the Fall? <laughs> that could not have been a good episode. There's no way. 20. The I gave one, it 13 and you gave it 7. The one where the premise is Scotty had an accident that was, everyone says, caused by a woman. So now he hates all women. All women. And yeah. so we need to go to the whore planet so he can whore around. They really do. And then he instantly murders everybody. And they've got that fucking commissioner or whatever who is... <laughs> So afraid of losing Federation business or whatever that he's going to let them walk all over his justice system. And then they convince everyone at the end that it was really Jack the Ripper, who's a spirit who travels from planet to planet murdering people. 
Correct. Yeah. Mm. Uh, also, we're watching Vis-a-Vis for Voyager. That's yeah. I'm not into it. And uh, Enterprise, which won last week, um, we'll see if they can keep that momentum going with uh, Babel One, which surely revisits the Tellarites or something. Well, last week we got the Organians or whatever. So, yeah, we'll see if they can keep the good times rolling with yeah. uh, with this week's episode. <sighs> All right, everybody, we gone and did it. Send us more mail so that next month when we do mailbag, it's as robust as this one was. That's uh, at Brother Date on the Twitter machine. You can send us stuff, uh, brothers at brotherdate.com on the email machine. Uh, go to brotherdate.com. The Billy Joel bracket's updated. And uh, iTunes or podcatchers to catch iTunes pods. It's pronounced Thailand now, in case anyone okay. was wondering. It's Thailand. That's it. That's all I got. Bye, everybody. Unfortunately, I also remembered River of Dreams is the easiest Billy Joel song to make fun of. <laughs> I'm not even sure I know that one. Oh, yeah, you do. In the middle of the night. Nope, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>